Welcome to Real Talk Torah, courtesy of the database with Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg. I'm Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, and you've just entered the database. And for Real Talk Torah, the issue that we're going to discuss today is an issue that we've been dealing with for a long time, and at this point, in many ways, it might feel like it's old news, but I do feel like it's the perfect time, actually, to reflect, and that is the issue of COVID-19, the coronavirus, different things we can possibly learn from the virus, especially at this point in retrospect. So, yes, there are a lot of different opinions going back and forth about what to do about the coronavirus, shutdown, lockdown, open up, masks, no masks, and vaccine, no vaccine. These are issues that are constantly evolving and developing. And even though we've kind of been able to get used to a certain status quo, I don't think we should, by any means, be numb to the impact that the coronavirus has had on all of us, and especially in the Jewish community. So what I wanted to do at this time is I wanted to talk about some of the Ashkafic lessons that might be obvious and in plain sight to some people, but can but we can you know use a little bit of a review and maybe some perspectives that maybe we did not necessarily notice about COVID nineteen and its impact on us. And as I flesh it out, you'll see why I thought it was important even to discuss it at this point in time, you know, where Eight months, nine months in, we, we had this, uh, you know, we were originally we were pretty much locked down in March, April, and, you know, right after Purim, most people had to observe Pesach from their homes. So you might think that right now it's old news. And I think that there is a danger to this mindset that, oh yeah, COVID-19 is old news, besides for the fact that it's still a very real virus, it's still something that's in the air. And I heard a, a multiple shiram on the topic of Shomer Psayim Hashem, that you know people want to do normative behavior, things that you know are regular everyday things. But it seems that Shomer Psayim Hashem you know, from the poskim, it's 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 pretty clear that it's only for Chashash Rachok, and it's only when it's preventative, and it's only you know for normal times, and we are clearly not in normal times. So I don't really want to talk about the the hard halachic aspects of it, and that's for each person and their rov to discuss. And I certainly don't want to talk about the political aspect of it, because yes, as real as COVID-19 is, it's also been quite politicized. But again, I want to talk about some Ashkafic lessons that we can take away, that I believe are Torah true lessons. And of course, you know, my opinion is not the only one out there. But again, lessons that I think we should be able to take away. One of the things that you have to be wary about when you're doing this kind of thing. And there was a Rav that I knew, who um, I still know, he wanted my opinion. Um, you know, he, he knows me, you know, I'm a young rabbi, and he wanted to know, you know, what, 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 what do you hold? Um, and he wasn't asking for halachic psak, but, but you know, it was somewhat in jest, but somewhat, you know, just, you know, in terms of sparking discussion. He said, you know, well, what, what do you hold is... Hashem's message. What does Hashem want to accomplish with 
COVID-19? And, you know, my initial answer, um, I think, is that, you know, anyone, and I, you know, again, uh, this wasn't to, you know, to Chasvashom speak back to this Rev who I was having the discussion with, but it's just a matter of, you know, you know, the, uh, at least an attempt at humility of saying anyone who thinks they actually they know what Hashem had in mind and why Hashem brought the coronavirus, you know, why, you know, when last year, when we said Miba Magefa in Unasana Tokef, and Hashem had plans to to wipe out so many people with this virus and lock down so many people and cost so many people their jobs. So we, we you know, just, just like we don't know why Hashem brought the Holocaust, we don't know why Hashem brought the virus. But there's some things that we could possibly learn from it. And I thought that one thing, which um, might have been obvious, you know, a lot of people were searching for connections between COVID-19 and and the and in Yanadioma, the Parsha, every time the Parsha came up. So there was a lot of alarm about the prospect of Mashiach coming. And I've heard many Rebbeim say, you know, we should obviously always have a Muna and Bitachon, right? That But this is not the first Makefa that Kalaisra has experienced, and so you shouldn't and you know you have to be careful because people who obsess over Mashiach and then you know, they don't find it, and then you have this, um, this this depression that follows. And we're supposed to always live life as if, you know, and not just as if, but yes, that we are anticipating the arrival of Mashiach. But not to, you know, not to lose hope when the thing that you thought was announcing Mashiach wasn't exactly it, necessarily. And you might say, oh, yeah, okay, it's, uh, it's status quo now. You know, we, we've been living the pandemic. We have been doing the social distancing and we've been doing all the protocol and it's shaken us up, but now we're used to it. And so very quickly, the yearning for Mashiach for some people might just start to fade because it was like, oh, it was a false alarm. And I, I think that's a mistake. You know, just to bring it to the floor, an idea that um, that I thought of when I was approaching Rosh Hashanah. Right, so one of the classic things we hear about Rosh Hashanah is that we blow Tekiyos de Miyushev and Tekiyos de Miyumad. Why? So the Gemara already brings down the Arbe Satan, to fool the Satan. And the classical question is, well, why does the Satan get fooled every single year? And so the truth is, I actually, I wrote, I wrote an essay quoting the different explanations of this Gemara and answering that question, addressing that question head on. Uh, how the Satan gets fooled every single year. And the classical explanation of the shofar, it's, it's the shofar de Mashiach, that, that's based on uh, Yerushalmi, it's, it's a midrash, that there is um, the, the shofar of Mashiach, and the Satan is afraid. And you know, every time he hears the extra tekios, then maybe the extra tekios are a signal of becoming a Mashiach. And... So the question is, you know, why does the Satan fall for this fake-out every single year? And my suggestion of an answer was, who said it's a fake-out? You know, maybe maybe we're supposed to actually usher in the Mashiach with our tekios. Who said that we couldn't? Who said that Mashiach couldn't come at that moment? Right, that the Satan... Actually, what emerges is that the Satan has more emun and bitachon in the coming of Mashiach than we do. The Satan sees the potential of Mashiach coming and how close we are at every single moment. 
So he's not the one who's missing the boat. We're the ones who are missing the boat. There's no Mashiach fake out. So, you know, every little thing could be it. And it's just a matter of, you know, having a wound bitachon. And it doesn't have to be a pandemic. But the point is that you shouldn't stop yearning because, you know, there wasn't that the Mashiach didn't come this past Pesach or he didn't come this past, um, you know, um, whatever, whatever, whatever tekufa of the year it was in your, you know, this Tishabav. And he didn't come. So that should not be a reason why you should all of a sudden start losing faith. And, uh, and on the contrary, every single passing year, you know, it's it's better than any previous moment in time for Mashiach to come. So for the Satan to get nervous every single time, you know, it's, again, because now is better than ever before. Now is certainly not worse, and by definition it's better, because every moment that we don't have Mashiach, we're still at least getting closer to the time that Mashiach should come. So that's just one idea. Now another idea, so going back to the idea of the chauffeur, which I think is important for the pandemic, and that is thinking to the times of Shemitah and Yovel, we know during Yovel, and this is an idea that I, that I thought of around Parshas Bahar Bechukosai, that Yovel, we have the blowing of the chauffeur, and what is that chauffeur signaling? It's signaling the homecoming, that we are coming home. We are finally... You know, um, go, or not we, but the, the servants, they're, they're leaving their personal gullus and they're going home. It's a homecoming. And that's what the chauffeur signifies. And who and who's the chauffeur talking to? The chauffeur is really talking to all of Israel, and it's a reminder that everything that we think is ours actually belongs to Hashem, right? On the one hand, you have Shemitah, where you let everything go. Right? Shemitah is where you, you know, it's similar to Shabbos. You relinquish. You just you know you 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 leave, you leave it alone. But then Yovel is you completely send it home. Yovel is where you acknowledge. Okay, it's not just that you know. Yes, it belongs to Hashem. But Yovel means I even have to let it go. Whose schedule did not change when COVID nineteen hit? Who wasn't reminded that what you think you have is your and is yours in your possession? It's guaranteed. It's granted forever. There is there is no one that didn't have to shift somewhat, because of the COVID-19 pandemic. There is no one that was so complacent at that moment to say, oh yeah, you know, the, the world is my oyster. Because, in fact, it's not. I mean, the world is Hashem's world, and everything we have is Hashem's. And the chauffeur of Yovel, it's supposed to shake us up and remind us who's in charge. And that's exactly what hopefully the pandemic did for us. If nothing else, the pandemic should have been humbling. It should have been a reminder Right? Like, what does Hashem want from the pandemic? I would say He wants our attention. What does He want from our attention? We could talk about that. But at the very least, He is trying to get our attention. What's He trying to tell us? We could try to wonder. But He's trying to tell us something. You can't, and you can't be so complacent to sit through the pandemic and just say, oh yeah, and this has no implications for me in my life. There is something that, that I'm supposed to be hearing from this. So... Remembering that everything is Hashem, Hashem makes the choices, that's an important takeaway already from the pandemic. Now, what is Hashem trying to tell us? So, I think uh, plenty of things. And then there are two more ideas that I want to share in terms of you know, what possibly Hashem is trying to tell us. When the pandemic hit, one of the main um, practical ramifications that it had on us was that we had to just close everything down and particularly our shuls, 
people who at- attended Minyanim regularly were davening biachidus. And for someone like myself, I, I personally am a big stickler for Minyan. I try very, very hard and I, to, to make Minyan all the time. And I always, you know, I, I'm very upset when I don't make it to Minyan. And at least for Shachris, I try to make it a thing that I can daven at night. But um, we were all shaken up by the fact that we couldn't go to shul anymore. And what was fascinating, and it, was, and it wasn't just shul, it was the yeshivas, everything was closing down around Parshas Vayakil Pikudei. Vayakil Pikudei was the completion of the Mishkan. And it was a, a little bit of a slap in the face. We're talking about building Hashem's house, and we have our own Mikdashe Ma'at, and for the first time, you know, in a long time, we actually had to had the feeling of being exiled from our mikdash. Right, that isn't a feeling that we had to experience for thousands of years already, because you know we had we had our shuls, we had our yeshivos, and as a result, you know, we we had some semblance of connection, and all the while, we, as we may have yearned a little bit for Mashiach, we may have yearned a little bit for the building, the rebuilding of the base of mikdash, but. We weren't shaken up. We may have yearned for the gula, but we were never shaken up by, by galos. You know, per- perhaps not since the Holocaust, not since any of those things. So, you know, when we finally were awakened by this pandemic, we finally got to experience a little bit what galos feels like. Just like, you know, the, we, like the feeling of, we knew that the shechina is in galos, chazal tells, the shechinta begalusa, and now we got to feel that. And to have that yearning to actually go back to our temple. And I think there is a big mistake, a hashgraphic mistake in, a, in one response that I saw, particularly around Pesach time. Now, I think it was coming from a good place, and... You know, I understand where it was coming from. But a lot of people, um, or at least I saw more than one person express this uh, perspective, this thought. You know, on Pesach we say, Lashon HaBab Yerushalayim. But at least, you know, at least this year, you know, I'll, I'll settle for Lashon HaBab next year with friends and family. And I, I shared this thought actually uh above this past year and the place where I davened I was one of the speakers for the keynotes. Right, I was I was one of the keynote speakers. Right that that joke. It's an old joke, but um I can't really tell it on Tishbub, it's not never appropriate then. But as one of the keynote speakers I was sharing this idea and saying what I thought was the problem with it. Next year I'll settle for being with friends and family. So the obvious problem is that's what we settled for the year before. We always settle for the status quo, things being the way they are, being with friends and family. Like, we always settle for that. In fact, how many times when we say Lashon Habab Yerushalayim did we ever actually mean it? How, how can this year not be the year where you say, okay, really this time Lashon Habab Yerushalayim? Oh no, you know, next year I'll settle. You know, I want things to be like they were before. We take those things for granted now, certainly. But I'll tell you this, Hashem did not send us a pandemic just so that we should yearn for similar times from just a couple of weeks prior to the pandemic. That's a mistake. If anything, our yearning 
for Chadeshi Minuke Kedem in the realist sense should be our response now more than ever. And especially now when we're getting used to the pandemic, we're getting used to the new status quo. Now we have to start, start to start yearning more, actually feel that we've been exiled and want to come back, want to, want to be reunited with Hashem. The pandemic should have been a time of yearning. And, you know, obviously following all the rules that you're supposed to follow. But to yearn and not to settle. We have to stop settling. That's, you know, we spend our lives settling. So there's that, and there's, you know, one more thought, where the idea of quarantining was most obvious, and we were all ready for this Parsha well before it came. All right, Parsha's Tazriya Metzorah. Plenty of the... Um, responses to the COVID pandemic, COVID-19, especially the aspect of quarantine, sparked thoughts and references to Parshas Tazriya and Mitzorah, because the Mitzorah is quarantined. In fact, this is prob- perhaps what um, led Rav Chaim Kanievsky to Rav Chaim Kanievsky Shlita, and you should have Rafua, but what, um, what, what led him to suggest that we work on humility and not speaking Lashon Hara, because these are two of the known main um, contributors to Tzara'as, and therefore the, the, the need for the Mitzorah to quarantine. We saw a lot of people who were being brazen and not humble in response to the pandemic. And this is a time where we have to you know, stop speaking badly about other people and uh, be more humble. But indeed, a lot of us felt that parallel. We're like, oh, see, we're quarantined just like the Mitzorah. We all intuitively made that connection. And we had plenty of weeks in prepare for Tazriya Mitzorah to think about it. And here's why I think we missed the boat on this parallel. Because I think there's a big, big contrast between most of us during quarantine and the Mitzorah in his quarantine. And it's as simple as Yashav Badad. You sit by yourselves. Now, granted, there were people who they had to be alone during the pandemic. And it was pretty terrible. And it's a, it's a, great, it's a great sense of suffering. It's true. It was true, Yisurin. But the mashal I would give to explain what was wrong with our quarantine and how it differs from the Mitzorah would be the mashal of a child who had done the wrong thing and you sent it to time out. But when you sent them to time out, you allowed them to take a toy with them. Now, what's wrong with putting a kid in time out and letting him have a toy? You know, it's, it's a nice thing you can do, a little bit of Rachmanas, let the kid have a toy. The problem is that the reason why you put a kid into time out, sometimes it's because he needs a breather. That's understood. But more often than not, the point of time out is that you want the kid to learn a lesson and you want the kid to think about what he had done wrong so that he could be in time out. And if that kid were to go into time out and take a toy with him, he would in fact miss the boat on why he was put in time out. The whole point of the time out would be defeated. The whole purpose would be defeated. And I believe that when all of this started, you know, we went into quarantine, but we all took toys with us. You know, we, we had you know, the Wi-Fi, the internet, we all had a device. And that device does many wonderful things. Zoom, Shirim, podcasts, like this one, though this one didn't exist at the time. 
you're able to have Zoom davening, even if it didn't necessarily constitute as a as tefillah v'tzivor, as a minion, but still you had you, you, know, you had different kinds of support systems. Yeshivas were able to learn over Zoom. A lot of good things you can do over Zoom. People were able to continue work when they were on Zoom. But the internet also allowed us to completely continue on our regular way, to completely be distracted, to continue engaging in social media, to do all the different things that we used to do. And, you know, posting the memes and posting the rants on social media, all the different things that we would normally do beforehand. Pictures, you know, whatever. And how much of that time did we actually make, like the Mitzorah, Yashav Badad, without the toys, without the distractions, and actually having the self-introspection that the quarantine was actually designed for? I think the best, you know, service a person could do when they are quarantined. And, you know, we're, we're, you know, in a certain sense, we're losing the opportunity as we open up. And we should, we should appreciate the fact that we're opening up, but we should not lose the inspiration and the, the impact of COVID-19 pandemic. We should, we should train ourselves now to take some time where we put the device down and completely just think about the things that we're supposed to be thinking about. Think about your relationship with Hashem. Think about why Hashem would try to do something to us. Think about what our yearnings should be. Think about where we would like to be. And not just, you know, what I would settle for, you know, if I can think about the most recent time where things were pretty serene and okay. But think about the ideal that Hashem would like us to be at. I think these are some of the things that we should be thinking about, things that we should have thought about, and if, we're, if we haven't thought about them, we should think about them now. And Bez Hashem, you know, we should never see these tsaras again. Everyone who's suffering from it should have Rafu Shalima, and we should, we should see the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. But we should be inspired by the COVID-19 pandemic. Don't let the positive impact of the things we've experienced together through this pandemic, don't let that fade away without us taking something away from it. We should go back, and if we're going back to Shul, we should go back with the Hislavas, with a, with a certain sense of inspiration for, for, for being able to be united with Hashem in, in the Mikdash again. And we should, again, not settle. But this should be the time where we maximize our yearning. All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in.